Welcome to the Old School Meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. This meeting was born online, and it's going to stay that way. That means you can attend live on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 Pacific if you'd like to. Go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. I'm Don, compulsive overeater, and I always bring along uh, pictures so I can prove it. Um, This is what it used to be like. It was, uh, uh, I don't want to forget what it was like uh, because I could go back there. And uh, it's it's not terribly difficult. It's only uh, a matter of uh, getting off course a few degrees at a time, a little bit like an airplane that's heading to New York gets a few degrees off course. I get a little sloppy here, a little sloppy there. Pretty soon, instead of going to New York, I'm headed to Mexico. So I can get there, and I know the beast still lives inside me. Um, but I get a daily reprieve, depending on my staying in good spiritual shape. Um, so what it was like. Um, I don't remember a time in my life that I was not a compulsive overeater. As far back as I can remember as a child, I was. As far back as I can remember, I had a different relationship with food than my friends did. Um, They would do things that I thought were like insane, like, for example, say, I'm full. Or they would leave food on their plates. or And they'd say, oh, it's too sweet, too rich, too whatever. Uh, And I could not understand that, because if you were in my vicinity, there would be no food on my plate or your plate. Uh, I just knew that I couldn't stop. I didn't know why. I just knew it. Um, and I, and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't do anything about it. And it was completely baffling to me and it was completely demoralizing to me. And, uh, you know, apart from the usual being teased and the, the, the lack of self-esteem and images and, and ability to, to, you know, do sports or anything physical or athletic, um, it was just, uh, demoralizing because, you know, there were very few um, uh, kids like me in school at that point. And if there were, I probably didn't want to be associated with them anyway. So um, that went on more or less uh, my entire, you know, adolescence. I would diet every now and then, lose a little bit of weight. But as soon as I started dieting, I felt a spring winding up inside me, getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And it was because I was trying to graft a behavior that was so alien to the core of who I am onto uh, myself that I would almost be literally shaking because of the tension of how hard it was to try and force myself to do something like that. And then, of course, when I when it finally exploded, uh, I would go out and make up for lost time, gain more weight than I had, and sit there completely demoralized again about how did I do this? How did I get here? I know better than this. It wasn't that I didn't know what to do. It, it's uh, I can tell you how to lose weight in two words. Eat less. I mean, that's pretty simple. Problem was knowing what to do and being able to do it are two completely different things. So, yeah, I can tell you exactly what I should do. I just couldn't do it. Um, when I got to uh, high school, college, a well-meaning doctor friend gave me what's basically speed um, that uh, worked terrifically in terms of killing my appetite. I was flying around the room and my hands were cold and I had energy out the yin yang, but I wasn't eating. Uh, the problem was I found myself thinking about food even when I wasn't hungry. It was weird. 
I, I'm going to have one meal today. Well, what should it be? What about a bite of this? Maybe a little of that. What about that? Da, 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 da. Obviously, it worked fine as long as I wasn't eating and was taking the pills. As soon as it went off the pills, same pattern, back gaining the weight again. Um, and that continued for uh, well into my adult life um, with the same pattern. And uh, being a slow learner, I kept thinking I could do it. It was actually a little bit more than that. It was a little bit more like you know, when I have goals in other parts of my life, uh, anything I've really cared about, for the most part, I've been able to do. And it was a matter of, I'm here, goals over there. What do I need to do? What are the steps in between? Let's figure it out. Let's make it work. And I could do it. Uh, I, I mean, school came pretty easy to me. Uh, you know, uh, I was had success at work. I have a successful marriage. And that the food continued to kick my ass the entire way. And I just kept thinking, it doesn't make sense. I can do these other things. Why can't I do this? There's got to be a gimmick. There's got to be a trick. There's got to be something that I can do. Um, and I'm not figuring out what it is. I heard about Overeaters Anonymous 10 years before I came in the door. And the reason I didn't come in was very simple. My ego was so big that it wouldn't fit through the narrow opening of the door. My ego continued to tell me, you can do this. You don't need to go to the, with a bunch of people that are strangers and talk about these things and admit you're a loser and da, 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 da. Um, and so my ego just, I was scared and it completely kept me out of it. And I finally just came to, I have a very vivid memory, laying in bed, feeling this giant stomach and going, I give up. I can't do it. I got to try something different. So uh, this was 98, I'm class of 98. Uh, I called the Overeaters Anonymous office, no internet in those days, listened to a 20 minute recording of every meeting in the LA area. Uh, picked one that was near my house, showed up. It was dark. It was rainy. There were about 10 people. I assumed everybody there was brain damaged, and I was so out of there. Um, and this tiny little lady named Doris that, that a number of you here remember uh, gets between me and the door, sticks her finger in my face, and she was, you know, maybe five feet, says, don't leave before the miracle happens. And I had no idea what she was talking about, but it was intriguing enough to come to another meeting. And the next day, I went to Serenity Sunday, which is bright and sunny and people laughing and a lot of people uh, around. And I, th and I saw things that I didn't think were possible, like a lady named uh, Natalie that also a lot of you remembered, lost 350 pounds, had it off at the time for over 20 years. I didn't think things like that were possible. And there was a deep secret part of me that thought, you're never going to get any better. Uh, you're always going to be like this. And Yet it was a little bit like riding a bicycle. Uh, getting on a bicycle, you know, it doesn't, it can't stand up by itself that much anybody can see. Um, and so how would I be able to ride it? Um, but then you see kids in the neighborhood whizzing by and you go, okay, I guess it can be done. And that was what it was with me. I saw people who had had success that I didn't think was possible. And I thought, maybe I can do it, maybe not, but I, I'm going to give it a try. And I have a very vivid memory of going up uh, for a 60-day um, chip. And as I was walking up there, I realized something was missing. And it's easier for me to, to recognize something intrusive or something new that happens that's odd than it is to notice something that always been there that wasn't there. And what wasn't there? The spring winding up inside me. I thought, wait a minute. I've never before, and I was losing weight. I got ab I luckily got abstinent immediately. I started losing weight right away. Um, and I realized no spring. I was feeling a calmness around the food that I'd never had in my life before. And I thought, there is something really different going on here. I had absolutely no idea what it was. 
Um, I once went with my sponsor, I'm not an AA, but I went to his Pacific group meeting and this old timer says, kid, this is a million dollar program. You get it a nickel at a time. And I, I understand in retrospect, what he meant is that the longer I'm in program, the more I'm learning and the different perspective I have. It's very much like anything in life. When you study something as a child, it's very different from studying it as an adult. You have a different perspective. So as I'm longer in program, and I've 94, 20, 98, sorry, 24 years of absence. As, as I'm longer in program, I, I see a depth and a difference in the way that I perceive things than I was capable of seeing before, uh, just because I've been around longer in the courts. It absorbs in. And even something simple sometimes doesn't come in right away. It can take years to figure it out. So um, I got a sponsor right away, very scientifically. Michael was the only one who came up to me and said, if you want to call me, here's my number. So I called him and we've been together since the beginning. Um, and it, it's, uh, it, it's a matter of doing a few simple things. And if I do a few simple things, I get a, I get a result. And if I leave out some of the ingredients in the cake, I don't get a cake. <laughs> uh, or at least it doesn't taste very good. Um, so I've got to do the deal, but it's not a huge deal. I mean, it's a matter in the morning, I'll do a, a reading from four to day. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll hear from sponsees. I'll call my sponsor. I'll do an inventory on a daily basis. I'll turn over my food. Um, and I'll, I'll just also take it as a chance during the day when things are going wrong to, to come back to program and get centered and try and figure it out. That is indeed something I did not expect. I went, I mean, if you asked me why I was here on the first day I walked in, I'd look at you like, this is a trick question. I'm here to lose weight. Why the hell else would I be here? Um, if you ask me why I'm here today, it's because, A, I don't want to eat compulsively. And that's very different from losing weight. I can be eating compulsively and lose weight like I was all of my life. I can be obsessing about the food and forcing myself not to eat. Um, but if I get into a spiritual place where the compulsion and the obsession is lifted, uh, then I am in really in a place of what the big book calls neutrality. Uh, to me, the, the, the whole program is summed up in the doctor's opinion. And what I mean by that is the following. The disease is twofold. Uh, we have what, they call, what he called an allergy of, of the body and an obsession of the mind. And an allergy of the body, which my first reaction, of course, is you know hives and sweats and fevers, but uh, all it means is an abnormal reaction. And uh, I think there is some scientific evidence that alcoholics have a different reaction to alcohol. Certainly I've heard alcoholics describe it in a way that doesn't relate to me about how it makes them feel and the warmth and the spread in their body and the, the calmness and the, and the sigh. But I get that from food. And that I understand perfectly. I can, I, I, I used food to soothe myself my whole life and it worked pretty well uh, until it didn't, <laughs> until, it, until the consequences of it were so much worse uh, than what I was getting to, to soothe myself. So uh, I, I have an allergy in that when I start eating compulsively, I cannot stop. I mean, it's, uh, it's like the line in Animal House about John Belushi, you know, where he says, just keep your arms and legs away from his mouth while he's eating. And uh, you better not be between me and the food because I will not see you. I will run through you and I will just be full on into it because that's the allergy. That's, that's what happens. Now, if you had an allergy to peanuts and you don't eat peanuts, you have no problem, right? The problem with, with an addiction, according to the doctor's opinion, is that we are, our mind is obsessed with doing something that we know is not going to be good for us. 
Uh, there's a guy named Ken G around program, wonderful guy, um, who uh, says had the best uh, definition of addiction I ever heard. He said, addiction is using something physical to solve an emotional problem. And that's certainly what it was for me with food. Uh, you know, whenever I was uncomfortable, by the way, still can get that way, uncomfortable, start eating too much. Um, but the, that's where my head wants to go. So there's the allergy of the body, which then is coupled with an obsession that tells me to do something that I know is bad for me. And then I find and then it gets me obsessed to where I can't stop. So I can't fix the allergy. Maybe someday we will. But I can do something about the obsession. What I can do about it is work the steps and be accountable on a daily basis and, uh, and, and help reach out and help others. The most powerful part to me is reaching out and, and doing a 12 step and helping sponsees. It reminds me where I came from. It helps me. A lot of times they're going through something and what I find myself saying to them is what I need to be telling myself. Um, and most importantly, it gets me out of my head. Uh, when I first came here, my attitude was all about me. Uh, how much can I get? How fast can I get it? How, uh, how um, little do I have to give in return? And how soon can I get out of here? That was all about me. And it was about the maximum, get it, move on, and get into something else. Uh, today. If I am thinking not about myself, but about others, I get a release from the obsession because I'm thinking outward. I'm thinking about other people. And it's made me better in my family life. It's made me better in my work because now, you know, when I'm doing work, I'm thinking about what's good for others, not what's great for me in the process. Uh, and so it's, 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 it's elevated every aspect of my life to a level of uh, serenity. Now, this is not some pink cloud come in and, you know, uh, straight up with the harps and angels and unicorns and rainbows. Uh, I, you know, a year into program, I was gaining weight. I didn't want to tell anybody. And I realized that was stupid. What I needed to do was tell everybody. And I, that way it loses the power. Um, there's an expression, you're as sick as your secrets. And, and when I keep my secrets inside me, they're dark and they're in the recesses and they're scary and they jump out at unexpected times. When I pull them out in the light, they're kind of small and shriveled and I can deal with them and I can talk to others and I can feel a release from having to just keep this inside and put up some facade that wasn't me because that's that's how I was trying to do it before I got the program is to put out something so that you would like me and you would see me and you would respect me and you would whatever fill in the blank uh, without any regard to what I might contribute to make something like that happen. Um, and when I can get my ego out of the way and when I can... Uh, when I can truly think about others, um, it, you know, my life gets better. It gets better in every single aspect. Not, uh, the food is really the symptom. Uh, the disease for me was the dis-ease, the discomfort, the lack of serenity, the anxiety that would drive me to do these things. And again, I am certainly not perfect. I certainly have periods uh, when I'm high stressed. I certainly have periods when I'm scared or uncomfortable and, and worried about things. Um, but I have tools to deal with them that I didn't have before. You know, I can call my sponsor. I can talk it through. I can make outreach calls. I can talk to sponsees to get myself out of the self-obsessed circle of pity um, and realize that there's other things that I can uh, that I can be doing by myself to do it. Um, the uh, I, I want to talk for a few minutes about the spiritual aspect of the program. Uh, I had. Uh, known and had heard that uh, that there was a spiritual aspect to it, but I didn't remember it till I got here. Uh, three minutes. Thanks, Randy. Three minutes left. Yep. Um, and, but I didn't, I didn't remember it until I got here. I had grown up not religiously, but very spiritual because my mother was very spiritual. 
And it was like a wonderful sort of homecoming to me because I could get back to understanding that there was a way to flow in life. And to me, a higher power, which I choose to call God, is a flow to the universe. It's, uh, it's, it's a rhythm like, uh, like a stream, but almost like uh, musical uh, harmony notes. It it's flows in the waves. And when I get in tune with it and I float with it, my life gets great. When I'm swimming upstream and I'm fighting it and I'm wearing myself out, my life gets really difficult. Uh, and if I can keep in mind that there's a plan greater than I'm going to be able to conceive, and it may not be everything I want at the moment, but it's going to be what I need in the long run, uh, I can let go of my conception of things most of the time, and I can flow with it, and my life gets better. And I'll close with this, the, the, something I heard early on in the program. So God gives you only three answers. Yes. Yes, but not now. Or no, I have something better for you. So thank you for letting me share. <laughs>